RX Radio. Brunch Talk with Olive. It's a beautiful day to have brunch. Welcome to the Brunch Talk with me, Olive Najuma. We do this every Saturday from 12 to 1 o'clock. Brunch Talk is a program where we touch issues others would rather sweep under the carpet because we believe that we can only have a chance at equity when we cast light on issues affecting our society. Now, if you are Ugandan or even East African, I believe you are no stranger to the ordeal many of our people experience in some Middle Eastern countries. At least 16,397 Ugandans left the country between January and February in search of employment and according to data from the Ministry of Gender, Labor and Social Development, at least an average of 24,086 Ugandans leave Uganda annually in search of employment, especially to the Middle East. But it is not all rosy for many Ugandans in countries like the United Arab Emirates, where scores are reported to be stranded on the streets of Dubai and other cities. And of course, others are detained. Last month, the Ministry of Gender, Labor and Social Development revealed that over 400 Ugandans have overstayed their tourist and visit visas in Dubai and other cities. These reports were, however, dismissed by the National Unity Platform Party, which claims that the ministry was understating the numbers. Also in a new development, the National Unity Platform Party started a campaign to repatriate stranded Ugandans back home. I will be joined by the NUP leadership to shed more light on this. Brunch Talk with Olive. Welcome to the Branch Talk. David Lewis Rubongoya is the NUP Secretary General. He joins me on the phone this afternoon to discuss the plight of Ugandans in the United Arab Emirates and, of course, National Unity Platform's stance on the matter. Thank you for agreeing to speak with me. Thank you very much and uh, greetings to all the listeners. Well, they're listening. So I will go right into it. The Chadondo East Member of Parliament and the Shadow Minister of Foreign Affairs, Muwadan Kunyinji, last month claimed that the Gender Ministry understated the number of Ugandans trapped in the United Arab Emirates. What would you say is the actual number of Ugandans currently stranded or detained in that country? It is really difficult to tell, mm. but what we know for sure is that uh, the statistics from the gender ministry were not true because when our president, the Honorable Chagulani, said that we visited Dubai, he just went to one single prison. And this was just, uh, you know, Al-Hassan, where there were over 200 Ugandans in detention out of 600 at just one uh, detention center. And yet, you know, in uh, Dubai alone, there are very many other detention centers as well as many other Arab countries. So. It's not possible that there are only 400. It's difficult to estimate the real numbers, but you just know that uh, the numbers are really, really huge. Okay. So media reports indicate that many of the stranded Ugandans have outlived their visas, but various videos on social media indicate that many were defrauded with promises of jobs, which is the truth or both can be true? Both can be true, definitely. There are a small number who definitely have lived their visas, but you need to understand why that is the case also. Because some of them reach there even when they get jobs and not 
being paid the money they, they were contracted to do. So it becomes very, very difficult. But aside from that, many, many of them were defrauded. And you've seen many, many accused different companies of taking them, abandoning them. And what is very sad is that after these companies take them, they confiscate their passports. Uh, so the biggest number of people we are bringing actually do not even have their passports anymore. And yet they had them when they were going because they were confiscated by the people who took them and promised to give them jobs. So that is the biggest issue that many of them ended up in very, very abusive circumstances where either they were being sexually harassed and assaulted, others were you know, not being paid the money which they're working for, and many other dehumanizing conditions. Okay, so because of those conditions, many have resorted to sleeping on the streets and the unfortunate ones have been arrested. Yeah, definitely. Many of them are living on the streets and many others have been arrested. Okay, so a national unity platform through its president, Robert Chagulani, had organized a concert to raise funds to help repatriate our people back home, but it was thwarted by authorities therein. First off, why was the concert cancelled? The concert was not cancelled for any given reason. Um, you know, it's a issue of politics. First of all, our president was uh, held at the airport for several hours being interrogated about issues really which uh, would not ordinarily be asked by immigration officers. Uh, they were coming from an intelligence organization and they asked him about uh, NUP, about uh, our coordinators in the diaspora, about family, and those kinds of questions which he had never been asked before. It turned out that it is the Ugandan authorities which were actually putting a lot of pressure on the authorities in Dubai to make sure that he doesn't perform. And uh, we went on uh, he thought that he would be allowed to perform later on, only to reach the venue, and then he's told by the owner of the venue that he had been ordered not to host that concert. So it's very unfortunate because we hoped that through that effort we would be able to return about 400 Ugandans, and, and so that could not work. Uh, that's why we resorted to this other effort that we are doing now. Okay, so uh, government had indicated that they were going to repatriate 400. Do you have any idea whether the government was able to do that or it was just slip service? What has uh, the government of Canada <laughs> promised and fulfilled? You, know, <laughs> you mean it never fulfills anything? They never fulfill anything. Mm. Either uh, they, they are lying outrightly or, or the person who's supposed to do it gets the money and pockets it or whatever. So these people are still in detention and they are suffering. They, they did not have any hope up to now as I speak. So that's why we are doing everything possible to try and help bring them back. Okay. Now that uh, the concert was cancelled because the rationale for the concert was to raise funds, I understand that so far you have brought back about 42 victims. Uh, one would wonder how is NUP being able to do this? This really through contributions of uh, well-wishers. Uh, our president began the, the contribution with 10 million shillings. And since then, many other Ugandans have come through to support this cause. And uh, in the coming days, we'll be informing the nation how the fundraising has gone. But what I can say is that um, we are only able to bring as many people as the funds available will permit. We're doing everything within our powers to raise funds. Uh, from our leaders, and I'm grateful to those who have, uh, you know, responded positively, and other Ugandans, ordinary Ugandans, who are able to come through and help. 
Okay. You're listening to The Branch Talk. My name is Olive Najuma. And today, what are we delving into? We are talking about the issue that you have mainly seen on social media, where scores of Ugandans, especially girls, are saying that they are stranded on the streets of Dubai. They need to come home, but they do not have their passports. They do not have funds to help them buy uh, tickets to come back home. And now NUP has decided to use efforts of its own to bring these people back home. I'm speaking to NUP's Secretary General David Lewis Rubongoya. We'll be right back. Uh-huh. RX Radio Brunch Talk with Olive. This is The Branch Talk. My name is Olive Najuma. Thank you so much for being a part of this show. Thank you so much for being a part of this program because we believe that if we bring certain issues that are hurting our society, that maybe then we can have equity, that maybe then there can be accountability and maybe then there can be help rendered to Ugandans that find themselves in different situations where they need help. Today on The Branch Talk, we are delving into the issue of Ugandans that are stuck on the streets of the United Arab Emirates. Recently, the government of the United Arab Emirates decided that uh, Ugandans and uh, Nigerians to travel to their country must have at least 5 million shillings on their accounts as uh, you know to show that they are in that country and can afford to be there for, let's say, a week or two before they can be given visas. Now, for some... This was welcomed as something that will curb the migration of our people to those countries and then they end up stuck there. I'm speaking to David Lewis Rubongoya and uh, Mr. Rubongoya, I'm wondering what are your sentiments regarding the move the UAE made regarding people who travel to their country and the monies they're supposed to have on their accounts? Definitely, you know, because... uh as a government, they are trying hard to, you know, uh, minimize the challenge of uh, illegal immigrants. They are trying to minimize the challenge of uh, violence within the country and all that. You would understand why they are doing this. But also, you know, uh, I think there needs to be a balance because mm. while they are really interested in uh, securing their country, and which is very, very legitimate, you know, you need to understand, for example, Ugandans who live here are, are very, very poor many of them cannot even afford an air ticket it's these companies which take them which are able to transport them and that kind of thing many of them of course like i said end up being trafficked and uh, many terrible things happening to them but there are those who, who go there and they have success stories so i think uh what is important is to balance all these interests okay now going back to the victims that you have been able to repatriate back to the country the number is 42 right 41 so far. 41 so far. Um, NUP's uh, spokesperson, Joel Senyonyi, was this week, while speaking to the media, said that government has politicized this move. Please explain. Of course it has been politicized. First of all, the regime uh, refused to allow these people to return. They refused to help them. But in addition to that, those who arrived the day before yesterday, for example, as you know, were arrested from the airport for about eight hours, they were being interrogated. And after that, they were placed in drones with military personnel and driven straight to taxi parks and told to go uh, to their villages and not be seen anywhere in Yakamocha or Magere. That is unfortunate because these are people that we are bringing back home and we are trying our best 
to put their stories out there so that that can encourage others who are out there to support the cause for which these people uh, you know have been going through these circumstances so if you get them and start asking them um, confiscating their phones listening to their private conversations then you're politicizing it and we condemn that our mission is humanitarian we're trying to return these people on humanitarian grounds and i think the regime should not politicize them. Um, some people believe uh, when I was watching the press conference, uh, there were some comments where people were saying maybe NUP is doing something government is not doing. Do you share the same sentiments? But of course, <laughs> the responsibility to return these people effectively lies on the government of Uganda. And, you know, it is a responsibility of government to protect these people. You see how much money they are wasting on all sorts of things. You know, today they are hosting birthday parties, tomorrow they are doing what? All sorts of ridiculous things, using taxpayers' money. Why would a government, worth its name, not spend that money on returning people who are stuck in, in these detention centers? Why, why would any sane government not do that? Uh, one wonders. Uh, but of course, uh, in government's defense, they have said they have already finalized talks with the UAE to see how these people can be brought back home. So probably something is coming. It's just taking time. That's not true. So you had said that um, the initiative to bring back people from the UAE back to Africa or to Uganda is not only for Uganda that you want this to be an African initiative. And uh, my question here is, are you already collaborating with agencies from other countries to bring people of different nationalities back home? You know, all these people require is an air ticket. And so what we're trying to do is to raise money to buy them air tickets. And we're saying that the people who are suffering in these detention centers are not only Ugandan. Although our first and primary objective is to help Ugandans, but we're also saying that those others uh, from Nigeria, from Kenya, from other places, who need assistance should be assisted. And that's one of the things we're trying to do with the uh, little resources that we have to assist even others in the name of Pan-Africanism. General Museveni and his people love to sing about Pan-Africanism, but in practice, you know what they do. So we believe that Pan-Africanism, for you to show that you believe in Africa, for you to believe that you believe uh, that people of African descent deserve dignity, then you should engage in such causes. And uh, this is not the first time. You remember the last time during uh, COVID-19, the lockdown, when many Africans were stranded in uh, uh, China and other places, uh, our president partnered with uh, other people on the continent to bring back uh, the people who were stuck in those countries. Unfortunately, the government of Uganda denied us, uh, you know, uh, landing space because that's what we wanted to do, wanted to lift them to Uganda. And so we looked for an airport uh, here to land these people back and we couldn't find it. And that's how we're not able to help these people. But if we had an opportunity, we would help as many Africans as possible because we believe in Pan-Africanism. Okay. So now let's look at uh, some of the reasons why people, of course, leave the country to go to these countries for, you know, for greener pastures. Now, for in the case of Uganda, poverty and uh, failure to get employment is partly why many young men and women opt for labor externalization. So if circumstances were reversed and NUP was the ruling government, how would you approach this issue? All you need to do is to fix governance in Uganda. Make sure that you fix uh, the question of unemployment 
but you also fix other things including uh, uh you know eradicating this persecution that goes on that forces you out of the country and many other circumstances so that the people of Uganda are able to enjoy their country now i'm sure as a party nup of course already has a roadmap i mean if you were to win the elections last year you had a roadmap on how you wanted to fix some of these issues when it comes to things like poverty and failure to get employment i'll stick to those two how exactly would nup fix these issues i already told you that i think uganda has enough resources to fix some of its problems we spend a lot of money on useless things for lack of a better word on public expenditure on uh you know um uh, a lot of uh, money spent on military security and all that even when it does not go to salaries of these people and and many other issues so we think that first of all you need to change the priorities yeah, i think you can also do it as a ugandan just get the amount of money that uganda has currently in its budget and put it in other sectors invest in agriculture invest in uh, infrastructure that is how countries develop because if you for example instead of uh, all the time hiring external actors to come and build roads in Uganda and yet people are, are being trained here they study engineering and all that make sure that these people get jobs uh, <clears throat> encourage uh, entrepreneurship those are the kinds of things that any people would invest money in and therefore enable our people to get jobs. Okay. You're listening to the Branch Talk. This is uh, Olive Najuma, your host every Saturday at 12 o'clock to 1 p.m. And I'm speaking to NUP's uh, Secretary General, Mr. David Lewis Rubongoya. When we come back, we are going to pick his mind on what some legislators are suggesting as a solution for labor externalization and, of course, curbing the numbers of people that are stuck in the Middle East. When we come back. RX Radio. Brunch Talk. With Olive. Beautiful moments only happen here at RX Radio, especially on the Brunch Talk where we have scintillating conversations about pretty much everything and anything. Is it health? Is it politics? Is it social justice? We talk about all of these things on the Brunch Talk, but we don't just talk. Sometimes we put our guests to task to explain certain things, to give us solutions to certain things that we need to resolve. And today on the Brunch Talk, I'm I'm speaking with uh, the NUP Secretary General uh, that is Mr David Lewis Rubongoya and uh, what have we been serving today we've been talking about the ordeal that faces most Ugandans that are in the United Arab Emirates reports indicate that most of these people are stranded on the streets of Dubai and other cities and that others are detained in prisons there why because majority of them have outlived their visas and of course when you get to talk to these people like some members of parliament did last month it is said that uh, some of these girls because majority of these people are girls 
It is said that uh, they were defrauded and that there were promised jobs that never materialized. And of course, uh, they can't afford accommodation and cannot afford a ticket back home. So NUP has been trying its best to get these people back home. So far, they have brought 41 people back home and uh, kudos to NUP. This is a good thing. Government itself said through the Ministry of Gender and Social Development, government said that they had finalized plans to repatriate over 400 Ugandans. So we will follow up on that. But now to come back on why we are here today. Legislators demand transparency. They have, you know, put the government to task to have transparency over bilateral agreements between Uganda and the Middle Eastern countries and where possible to consider cancelling them for the safety of Ugandans. But some Ugandans working or have worked in the Middle East argue that cancelling would be extreme, saying the number of those mistreated and defrauded pales in comparison to those that have gotten good jobs and are treated well. Uh, now, Mr. Rubongoya, before we went for the break, there is somewhere where you mentioned that government just needs to balance. They don't need to cancel. And uh, I have a feeling that you agree with the sentiments of some of these Ugandans who say that despite what is happening with their colleagues, some of them are actually okay. Yeah, but you see, the question is, why are these people living in Uganda? They are running away from uh, the port and falling into the fire. And so the question is, what do you do in that in that situation? And uh, like you rightly said, not all Ugandans who have gone to the UAE have uh, ended up in these uh, circumstances. Some of them have uh, gotten jobs and uh, they, they are able to at least get some little money into their pockets. So our view is that the question is regulation, making sure that first of all, the companies which take these people out are held to account. Secondly, to ensure that when these people go abroad, they are treated better. The governments of those countries must be able to put in place mechanisms to ensure that people are not tortured, to ensure that people are not sexually harassed, to ensure that people who go there to work actually get their money. Some of the ladies who, who came uh, at a press conference, they, they, they clearly told the media that they've not been paid for several months. You know, someone goes and they, they are promised uh, two million shillings a month and they reach there and they are not paid for a full year. And so some of them have to run out from those homes and end up in uh, on the streets and then eventually arrested, etc., etc. So while the primary issue really should be fixing our country so that people don't have to leave Uganda and then you know end up in those uh, places, before we do that, mm-hmm. the thing that we need to do is to ensure that there's proper regulation of this uh, externalization of labor. Okay, so that is Mr. Rubongoya's and of course NUP's stance on the issue that is labor externalization and of course the ordeal that uh, many Ugandans out in the Middle East are facing. But let's come back to events that happened this week. Mr. Rubongoya, I'm sure you're aware of uh, President Museveni's signing of the Computer Misuse Amendment Act into law. I would like to know what your sentiments are regarding that. That is the worst law that uh, has ever been passed in this country. Maybe the, um, it, it may not be the worst because you had uh, a removal of age limit and term limits which have caused all these problems for our country. I can say that that's one of the worst laws. Why? Because uh, 
it takes away your freedom it takes away your freedom as a journalist it takes away my my, my freedom as a citizen it, it really really takes away the freedom of speech it says you cannot share somebody's picture without uh, getting authorization from them i cannot for example send you anything without your my permission they, without your permission what they say you know it's a very very bad law anyway that's the, the bottom line and, and i think every ugandan must condemn it and must condemn the person who brought this law because it is being used or the intention is clear it is to repress to you know uh really really uh take away the freedom of ugandan to express themselves speaking of the person who brought this law of course the person who introduced it to parliament back in february is none other than kampala a member of parliament that is honorable muhammad nsereko now he has said severally that uh, this law will curb the misuse of social media that people will not use social media to abuse the rights of others now i know this is sensitive but over time ugandans have said that nup supporters use social media to decimate <laughs> to decimate the images of people from opposing camps what do you have to say about that but there are laws in this country already which have been existing if you say that have defamed you for example mm. there is a law on defamation there is even a, a, a penal code uh, provision on criminal defamation So why don't you use the existing laws instead of bringing all these uh, uh, draconian laws? But of course, it's also not true that NUP is always abusing people. That's uh, that's what the regime would want to paint us as. But I can say that majority of the people of NUP are disciplined people. But they, they are firm, they are assertive. They come out and tell you what it is. They, they speak the truth about certain things. If any of them commits an offense, try them in accordance with the laws. And there are a number of laws, like I said, laws on, on defamation and others you don't need to introduce a, a new law which takes away every freedom uh, of expression and speech so so that's what i would say about that okay and now uh, there is also been talk about transition of power as you're aware Uh, the presidential general that is for the Democratic Party Nobat Mao signed uh, some sort of agreement with uh, the National Resistance Movement where among other things they agreed that uh, they will have talks regarding the transition of power but then in a recent interview with NBS television and KTN of Kenya president Museveni denied having had any kind of talks of that matter with uh, Nobat Mao and said that um NRM already has a plan when it comes to transition they will have to elect a successor when the time comes so i wonder what is uh, nup's stance on this because in the past you have even said that uh, there is no way at least chagulani has said that uh, there is no way there will be a peaceful transition in uganda because no one can beat president mseveni at the ballot I don't think uh, Honorable Chagulani ever said that no one can beat Museveni. No, he okay, let me but, rephrase. But he usually he says that uh, Museveni stole the vote in 2021 and because of that it is almost impossible for him to be ousted through the vote. Has exactly. he said that? Exactly, that's what he has said. That's what we have already said that uh, there are no elections in Uganda. General Museveni simply organizes something and calls it uh, an election and organizes a military operation and calls it an election. Uh 
I believe the Ugandans listening to us are not surprised that in seven years turned against Mao. Before even three months, I think it's three months or something from the time they signed that so-called agreement. But we warned him. We told him that uh, you know these are not the people you, you can trust. And, and and of course he, you know he's uh, saying it. I can tell you that uh, he should expect worse. I wouldn't be surprised if tomorrow he's dropped even from the ministerial position. I wouldn't be surprised and he wouldn't be the first one. Mm. So many who have uh, entered those unholy alliances with NRM, they, they they come out crying. You know, it normally ends in tears, like our people say. So, Yenom Seveni, the people of Uganda need to understand that Mao, what Mao has been talking about, transition, and those, those are his ideas. He normally says those things to bring the public into thinking that he means anything good. But you know for sure that uh, NRM views this country as their property. They are not interested in uh, any peaceful transition. For them, it's about them. And, and and that is what we must fight as Uganda. So now that there is some sort of agreement out there or belief that uh, NRM cannot be won at the ballot because they allegedly uh, still votes or rig elections, what is NUP's plan come 2026? You are a Ugandan. Are you using the word alleged? I am a journalist, sir. Yeah, but you're a journalist, sir, but you're also a Ugandan. You know that NRM and rigging votes are one and the same. You see what they did in these uh, previous by-elections in uh, Omoro, in Soroti, in Kasese. So, yes, I know you're trying to be fair to them, but uh, I think you should also be factual and say that NRM rigged the 2021 election. However, for us, our, our call has been on the people of Uganda to exercise their mandate, their right under Article 3 of the Constitution, under Article 29, and rise up against uh, the blatant theft of elections and be able to defend their country and defend the constitution of Uganda so that we can have free and fair elections moving forward. Okay. Mr. Rubongoya, thank you so much for speaking with us. And uh, maybe one for the road, what should Ugandans expect from uh, NUP? I mean, the year has about a few months to end, but we could expect something from our government that side. Let me rephrase. We could expect something from the red camp. No, you should say from the government. <laughs> we are the legitimate government of Uganda. We are the ones who were elected, who have delayed to be sworn in. Uh, but jokes aside, I thank you so much for hosting me and for giving me this opportunity to speak to the people of Uganda who are listening in. Uh, what I can say is that uh, every day, every single day, we discuss how to take the struggle forward. And there are many things that we'll be doing uh, before the year ends and even in the next year, God willing. Okay. Well, have a lovely afternoon. Thank you so much and uh, a good afternoon to everybody. Well, I have been speaking with the NUP's Secretary General, that is David Lewis Rubongoya, on the plight of Ugandans that are stranded in the United Arab Emirates. Now, according to Rubongoya, many Ugandans that are stuck in the United Arab Emirates, some of them are in jails, uh, some of them are in detention centers, others are stranded on the streets because they cannot afford accommodation or air tickets back home. He says that uh, any person that is willing to help the campaign to see our people come home, you can join the campaign. You can uh, contribute anything to see that uh, these women, because majority of them are women, so you can uh, contribute in any way possible to see them get back home safe 
to help them not to be detained in detention centers back in the UAE. And of course, we had a conversation regarding the transition of power talks that are making headlines lately. And of course, you had what he had to say about that. He doesn't believe the transition of power peacefully is possible in Uganda because allegedly President Museveni and his government usually rig elections. Now, those are his views, not the views of myself or the views of this radio station. We just talk to people, get their opinions, and have you think about everything they've had to say. This is The Branch Talk. My name is Olive Najuma, your host every Saturday, 12 o'clock to 1 o'clock. We do this every weekend. We never take a rest because there are always conversations to be had. There are always solutions to be sought. So we are here every Saturday. Make it your plot. And if you have missed any episode, any show that is The Branch Talk, please visit the RX Radio app, the podcast section. Choose a show, in this case, The Branch Talk, and listen to any episode that you have missed. But in the event that you have not caught the Fat Boy Show this week or the other week or the other month, please visit the podcast section, Fat Boy Show, and get to listen to us as we make your mornings even brighter. You can also listen to The Groove with Crystal or Kingdom Culture, anything and everything, any show on Rx Radio, we have a podcast for it so you cannot say you were bored. Not with that. Anyway, my name is Olive and I will catch you again next week. Brunch Talk with Olive.